Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports Professor Riccaro, and we are keeping score with what might be the busiest week of the year with the NBA and NHL finals happening, all of the soccer events happening all over the world, golf with the U.S. Open, tennis lead up to Wimbledon, and there's even more. So let's get right to it. The deal-making issues of the week, three to one. Number three, when it comes to social media valuation, the Lakers jersey patch sponsor Wish has the most valuable during this last season. $9.3 million value up from the $4.9 million the prior year. Why? King James, by the way. Wish displaced Goodyear, which held the top jersey spot last season for a patch, who was at the Cleveland Cavaliers, James's former team. And next to Nike's apparel sponsor, the jersey patch is clearly the biggest sponsor location in an arena on social media. And it's worth noting that due to the variety of factors, clarity, prominence, visibility, size, placement, and share of voice, the images actually generate 86% of the overall social media compared to 14% for video. And look for these numbers to increase exponentially in the next few years. That's number three. Number two, how about racing with a new twist? M&M's has unveiled what it's calling the first brand luxury camping experience at a NASCAR race, a new uh, a program called M&M's Glamp Ground. They'll set up around 30 branded tents in a private area for two upcoming NASCAR weekends in Bristol and in Kentucky. The offer goes for $500, though it's not known how SMI, which owns both tracks and is selling M&M's packages on its website, is splitting the revenues. Mars-owned chocolate brand, with which works with Weber Shandwick for its racing program, is offering 20 to 30 tents for fans to purchase while reserving 10 of them for VIPs. The program meant for two people and and comes with amenities such as two tickets to the race plus garage and club access a choice of a queen bed or two singles private showers and bathrooms breakfast lunch and dinner catered by local local restaurants and appearances by drivers kyle bush his wife samantha and nascar team owner joe gibbs now that's what we call a sweet deal and by the way all that want to deal with racing in the future not just nascar take note that's number two Number one, Women's World Cup, media companies taking advantage of the growing audience. Take a look at the reports. Bleacher Report CEO Howard Mittman says his football vertical has booked more ad revenue and about 10% higher than the men's tournament last summer. Hulu, Nike, PlayStation, Volkswagen, Adidas, and others. The interest has grown considerably since the World Cup last in 2015 on the women's side. In 15, Fox had about $40 million in ad revenue, more than double the initial estimates of $17 million, driven by the U.S. squad winning the tournament, and now, obviously, even more. So it's a big deal, and it's going to get bigger, and it will continue to generate significant interest over time. 
And as you see that, you need to make sure what the global perspective is. And who better than Lisa Murray, the worldwide Octagon EVP and global chief marketing officer during her 28-year tenure to the recognized global leader in sports. She oversees marketing and communications for Octagon brands worldwide, and she's obviously involved in the largest global properties, including the Olympic Games and the Women's World Cup. She was named to Adweek's 2017 Most Powerful Woman in Sports list and honored by Wise New York as a 2016 Woman of Inspiration and previously included in the Sporting News Annual Power 100 list and Sports Business Journal Top 20 Most Influential Women in the Industry. Lisa Murray. Sports Professor Riccaro inside the boardroom beyond the scoreboard. The biggest issues in a trillion-dollar business of sports well over a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars two years ago, but the cost of inflation. And it is global. So it is obvious as we begin the Women's World Cup in France that we have a perspective of global CMO, Lisa Murray, a 28-year tenure in the business, been uh, uh, at the right hand, if not the, the tiller of growing octagon into the recognized global leader in sports and entertainment marketing. And we have her to give us varied perspectives on a whole bunch of things. How are you, Lisa? I am great. Thank you for asking. Good. Glad to uh, to have you give us some perspective on the Women's World Cup, uh, as well as kind of every uh, bit of what octagon does also. Women's World Cup and the sport of soccer uh, the men's game is growing by leaps and bounds in the U.S., even though the uh, men's uh, international qualification hasn't kept up. Women's World Cup, another story. Uh, give us the idea of how the Women's World Cup has helped grow the game of soccer uh, every four years, certainly. Um, first of all, I'm a big fan of, of FIFA Women's World Cup. And with any global event the world's eyes are upon it. And it's just natural that when every four years the women, especially in the United States, but throughout the world, everyone is focused on that event. The ratings are great, the competition is great, and that's just good for the sport. And it does go up and down between those four years, but when you look at Vancouver, when you look at LA, when you look at all the other markets where this took place, there is a definite growth. And there is a sustained growth from um, quadrennium to quadrennium. So you can certainly see that grow. Um, but when it's happening, the world's eyes are on it and, and it's just good for the sport. Well, and of course, you know from a brand activation perspective, given the uh, the treasure trove of Octagon blue chip clients, what mega events will do for activation. Give us a snapshot of how important it is for the Women's World Cup. You know what, for any sport, but for the Women's World Cup, it's a great opportunity for brands to showcase um, not just for their female uh, target audience or for, for their brands, but really for everybody who watches. And the great thing about Women's World Cup, it is girls, it is boys, it is families, it is not just your your male um, or female adult that's watching it. It's truly families and it's truly global and it is a fabulous opportunity for any global brand to build their brand with a market and, and an audience that's, that's a little bit non-traditional to be honest. 
because the kids love to watch this. How is this non-traditional relative to, let's say, uh, the standard NBA or NFL audience? I don't have the, the, the statistics with me, but it is a wider audience for the NBA, for the NFL. Um, and again, remember the word global. So this, this is the number one sport in the world. And NBA does a great job with global audiences, and the NFL does, but this sport call it football, call it soccer, call it whatever you want. It is truly the global sport. And so that that champions in anything. Of course, the global sport uh, impact is increased because of the superstar nature of them. We also, we, United States, xenophobia, have no, no shortage of American superstars from Abby Wambach years ago to Alex Morgan now, to Megan Rapinoe because of her diversity in a lot of different contexts with Visa just as done. Any specific players and stories you're particularly watching this year? Well, I think the whole U.S. team will be exciting to watch. And um, I think the U.S. team plays as a group um, so beautifully and um, and as a team. So I'm excited to see how the women do together. I know Julie Ertz is someone to watch, Alex Morgan is someone to watch, obviously Megan, but these women have done such a great job as individuals from Vancouver to today um, that that is what propels the sport. And I know you're going to ask me at some point, why isn't women's soccer more popular than it, than it is in the United States. And I have to tell you, I am asked that question a lot, and that's a tough one to answer. And when you look at all the elements of women's soccer in the United States with the players, how good they are, the ratings, the people that watch, it's a formula that's tough to beat. And I don't know. I know it's progress since when I started in 1992. I know... It's, it's a positive story. I know it's moving forward, but I know a lot of people are going, man, why, why haven't we cracked the code here? And I don't have an answer. Well, at least you're honest about it. A lot of people make it up, and it never does work. And it, it's compounded by the fact of soccer generically in the United States. We've been waiting for the next generation to catapult it into the fourth major sport since I was growing up in the leather helmet days in the mid-'70s. And it continues to grow. The MLS certainly has been positive as well. But you have the the double bump of the uh, women sponsorship in sports piece. Uh, when is that going to kick in and how is it? And then every four years, there always seems to be a peak every fourth year. And then building up three out of every four years. Does that ever change? The fact that it, it continues to grow every four years? The fact that there's such a long valley and a um, uh, more intense peak, uh, Olympic-related. No, that, that is the trend. That is what you see time after time. And that's true of the Olympics. It's true of the Men's World Cup. It's true of, of most global sports that happen every two, every four years. So that is the case, and, and that's natural. Why, why wouldn't it be that way? So, um, and I do know, and I don't have statistics, but I do know that this, that sport has grown every four years throughout. It doesn't go back to, to nothing. It slowly, slowly moves forward and moves forward. 
I just know people want to know why isn't it, it the, the next the next big big thing, and I think it's going to happen. Those women are too good for it not to happen. Well, let's focus on on why it's important to hear what you have to say for a minute. Obviously, added to the Adweek's 2017 Most Powerful Women in Sports, honored by Wise New York as a 2016 Women of Inspiration, and on and on. I mean, you really do know what you're what you're speaking about. And when you try to sell a female or women's sport to a corporate sponsor, generally, is it any different kind of sale? Is it more for the female demographic who who watches? Is it the buying power of the female in a household, which is you know over 120 percent in my household? What's what what's the biggest cause for positive hope to get more sponsors in the game? Well, to back up just a little bit. When we talk to brands, it's about their strategy and their objectives and what they need to do for their brand. So we don't really sell a particular property to them to buy. This is more about what makes sense strategically for their business for them to meet their objectives. And that objective could be brand awareness. It could be to sell more products. It could be um, to increase leads. It could be a million different things. So there is no difference for me to recommend a certain property to one brand versus another, male, female, whatever, because it has to meet their objectives. And that's just, that's just the way we work. And it could be esports, it could be anything. So um, we just need to make sure we understand the property and what it can offer a brand to most likely build their business. And that's really how we manage the, the consulting side of what we do. Well, and the secret sauce, if I may say, is longevity. You can mention your clients if you want, but I would tell you that as an industry uh, uh, evaluator, you have some of the longest standing corporate relationships in the business, and obviously you've gained the trust and you don't oversell and you have the complete confidence of these corporations who are spending large dollars based on your ability to maximize uh, the brand awareness, etc., and it doesn't come by accident. I could ask you what your secret sauce is, but don't get too secret. But wh- what's the key to the success? Uh, it's it's listening to the clients and what is it that they need, and and to be thought provoking enough to provide the solution. Um, again, not to sound boring, but to meet those objectives. And we are very fortunate with our clients, and we are we are a family. And I'm big on exceeding expectations on a daily basis. And I don't care what your title is, and I don't care what you're supposed to do for a living. But we make sure we exceed the client's expectations, no matter what 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 those are. And I think the fun thing about my longevity with the company is I can I can think back to 1994 to my first FIFA World Cup in the United States, and the activation we did was a Polaroid camera, and I had a Palais cardboard stand-up of, of him, and if someone signed up to get a new MasterCard, they could get a Polaroid uh, photograph of Palais next to a cardboard stand-up. So how cool, I mean, now you're doing AR and this and that and online. And and so the activation of what we do on site, although we still have some big shrimp here and there, um, is so 
different and so cool and to have the same clients all that time and to see how we've grown with our activation and how we measure and how we plan um, and where we spend is is quite an honor. I think I've got the exact idea for one of your big time clients Christmas dinners which is a VR uh, AR view of Lisa Murray in 1994 with a cardboard cutout of Pele standing there waiting for the next autograph. What do you think? I got it. <laughs> That's a deal. We got it. Well, let's let's finish with a couple of things that are World Cup related, but they also impact major events. Obviously, France expecting a lot. They're wrapping a, a number of of tourist-related events in. I know they've had some ticket snafus with FIFA, which hopefully becomes a small story, not a big story. But what do you think ultimately the economic and social impact uh, will be on France of of having a successful uh, World Cup over a month? Well, I know the economic impact for um, Canada was $500 uh, U.S. dollars, I think. So um, any global event is going to be good for the country. Um, you, and, and you hope that it's good for the country, not for those 30 days, but when you leave. France is a, in a fabulous country, and I'm excited to go back. And um, I remember World Cup 98, and I don't have a favorite World Cup because I love them all. Um, but France will do a beautiful job of, of hosting the world for this event. Um, but the economic impact will be will be terrific. It was for Canada, and, and it will be for all the other events. And you talk about snafus. There are always little snafus. There are always little snafus, but, but it all turned out great. The fans love it. The brands love it. Um, the people who watch it on, on television or wherever they watch it um, love it. So it, it will be a great event. It will be a great competition. As global as you are, and again, this is primarily for an international audience, uh, though some in America, and I assume that in your global travels, the idea of bidding on mega events successfully and doing them right and not going over budget and leaving appropriate legacies behind is not an outdated uh, uh, concept. Um, People around the globe are still interested in bringing these events to their regions, no? Countries are responsible. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a, the bidding process is long and arduous, um, but I do think it's worthwhile if it's managed correctly. Yeah, clearly, and that's the big if, and a lot of people are doing it now, and there was a gap a while ago, but clearly not anymore. Uh, finally, the idea of mega events in North America, soccer-related, we have the Canada-Mexico-U.S., Men's World Cup in 2026. We have the Olympics two years later. Hopefully, a women's World Cup comes to the States after that at some uh, point down the road. All of these events really good for the country. Kind of again, a key uh, bit of advice for those who are involved in bidding, managing, implementing, and pulling off these events. What, what's your big advice? Oh, uh, well, I, th- I think it's great, obviously. Um, so excited for it to come back to the Americas, the, the World Cup. And um, 1994, again, was unbelievable. It's going to be even better. And it just brings the, um, the Americas fan closer to the action. And it just will give it such a bump. And I have 
I know this country will exceed everybody's expectations. It's going to be beautifully managed. Um, FIFA will do a great job. So that's just that's just a win-win. And the whole thing is a win-win, and you could tell from Lisa Murray's perspective on all this that mega events and management and consulting and corporate dollars uh, with a trillion-dollar sports business, good hands, certainly an octagon. Lisa Murray, thanks a lot. Speak with you soon. Rick Haro, thanks again. Well, Lisa Murray obviously has some interesting perspective about the Women's World Cup. It just started, and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Watch for numbers that are beyond the any comprehension and only bigger as far as the marketability of women's sports, women's sponsorship, and on and on and on. Let's look at the top tech issues for this week, the Tech Business Minute. Well, boogieing through injury, Cousins helps the Warriors. DeMarcus Cousins, that is. His torn Achilles tendon last season cost him about $100 million because of it happened right as he was entering free agency. And as he rehabbed, he joined the Warriors for a mere $5.3 million. Pennies in the NBA economy, per the Los Angeles Times. And while Cousins should be just fine, many orthopedic applications like Achilles or rotative cuff repair, a rotator cuff repair, with traditional materials like Allograph and others, you're limited to the void fraction porosity, strength, and bioactivity of raw material, said Jeff Conroy, CEO of Embody, whose goal is to restore peak performance for orthopedic patients through advanced regenerative technologies. However, we're able to tune the attributes to mimic the native tissue intended to enhance cell remodeling with greater cell adhesion and more tendon-like tissue formation, particularly beneficial in high-demand applications like rotator cuff, ACL, and Achilles repair, where tear rates far exceed an acceptable norm for surgeons or patients. And while Cousins not involved in Embody, Conroy noted that Embody's implantable devices can significantly improve patient outcomes in soft tissue surgical applications and get pro athletes back in record time. Shifting a technology issue well beyond that, how about to golf? Fox Sports unveils a huge tech expansion for this year's U.S. Open. Year after year since taking over in 2015, Fox Sports introduced new tech to the golf tournament. This time around, they'll feature TrackMan technology on every one of Pebble Beach tee boxes to measure swing speed, ball speed, speed, smash factor, and carry distance, maybe even spin loft. Additionally, Fox Sports incorporates shot and fairway tracers and a mobile top tracer tower, which will provide a detailed shot line. According to Golf.com, Fox also plans to incorporate more augmented reality with the help of blimps and cranes. To add better off-green video coverage, Fox also adding 210-degree angle penalty area cameras and more drones to capture the scenery of the course. 2019 U.S. Open unfolds. The tech may help both the avid fans and more casual golf watchers stay interested during lulls between shots. Certainly, that carry distance has an issue for some golfers. <laughs> I don't even want to know. That's the tech top issues. How about the power of sports issues, philanthropy, this last week? Well, first, FanDuel donates to the Women's Sports Foundation for goals by Team USA. FanDuel is offering a range of ver- fantasy contests for the Women's World Cup. We'll also contribute about $1,000 to the Women's Sports Foundation for every goal Team USA scores during the tournament. In addition to the $10,000 initial donation, the Women's Sports Foundation dedicated to ensuring all girls and women have equal access to sports and physical activity and the tremendous 
tremendous lifelong benefits they provide. To celebrate the Women's World Cup and Team USA, FanDuel partnering with Zach Ertz, Philadelphia Eagles two-time Pro Bowler and husband of uh, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team superstar Julie Ertz. He'll be entering several daily fantasy contests on FanDuel throughout the tournament. FanDuel also offering a brand new soccer game where the users can pick seven players with a $100 salary cap. It's a play that mixes philanthropy and gambling, and FanDuel has stepped it up to support women's sports. Another sports issue, the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. The four finalists for the award include Los Angeles Lakers' Reggie Bullock, retired NFL player Chris Long, Yadier Molina of the Cardinals, and U.S. Open tennis champion Sloane Stevens. Bullock being recognized for his work as an advocate for the LGBTQ community after his transgender sister was murdered in 2013. Long's charity work includes providing clean water to African communities and helping literacy in Philly, while Molina focuses on keeping his home in Puerto Rico safer, and Stevens combines tennis and education for young people around the world. The winner announced at the 2019 Sports Humanitarian Awards in L.A. on July 9. The individual who's crowned will receive a $100,000 grant from ESPN to the charity related to their humanitarian efforts, while finalists will be able to direct a $25,000 grant to their charity. And that's the Power of Sports Minute. A pretty busy, packed schedule this last week. And join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek. Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital, I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.